0: Well, let's open our Bibles. Let's go to Philippians chapter number three. Philippians chapter number three. Starting a new series tonight called Work in Progress. Work in Progress. Just before we get to that, uh, our small group semester has officially launched. And uh, if you go out there to the Next Step desk, you'll see QR codes uh, with a whole bunch of small groups. And we've got small groups, all kinds. We've got Men's Run Group, which ran this morning. Women's run group, I believe, Wednesday mornings, we've got a mom and me group, uh, which is for young moms with kids that they kind of meet up at different playgrounds and that kind of stuff. Men's group that meets uh, every other Thursday morning at 6 a.m. and then on Saturday, the first Saturday of the month, usually, but this one is the second, correct? Yeah, second Saturday of the month. Maybe we just make it the second Saturday of the month. I don't know. Second Saturday of the month. But any of those that you sign up for, all those events are going to be on those groups. So you can go out, scan that QR code, and get signed up for any of those. We also have a CARES team small group that is launching, and that group is going to uh, just help care for people that are maybe in the, you know, getting out of hospital, out of surgery. We've got uh, several pregnant moms. Uh, They're going to come to your rescue and uh, deliver some meals and clean some houses and and all the stuff. It's just on their heart to help. So if it's your heart to help, you can join that small group. So there's a small group uh, for just about everything. And if there's not a small group for your interest, if you want to start a golf small group, you can go out and do that and I'll come join your group. All right. It'll be fun. And then next week, I just want to remind you, we will not be here at Hope Fellowship. We're going to be in downtown Frisco at Eventi Event Center for baptism. So if you've recently given your life to Jesus and you have not been water baptized, you need to be baptized next week. Uh, There's something so significant about being baptized. And it's not just this outward expression. I promise you, there is spiritual purpose and effectiveness to being baptized. And in fact, when Jesus was baptized, the Spirit of God came out of heaven and landed upon him. And uh, I just know that there's something powerful and spiritual about baptism. So you can go on the app or you can go online and you can register to be baptized. That's next week. Well, let's do it. Philippians chapter number three, chapter number three, verse 12, kicking off this series called Work in Progress. And this is what it says, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Let me read it again. Not that I have already attained. I'm not already perfect. I'm not there yet or I'm not perfected, but I press on that I may lay a hold which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Tonight, we're going to be talking about perfectionism. Don't elbow your neighbor. Don't elbow your husband or wife right now. Perfectionism. We're going to talk a little bit about perfectionism tonight. Can we pray? Heavenly Father, God, I thank you that you're in this room. Got to thank you that you the Holy Spirit is here, the voice of many waters. God, that you can speak to each individual person. May our hearts be open. May our minds be open. And may you speak to us tonight. We need to hear your voice. We need to leave encouraged. We need to leave filled. We need to leave lifted up. God, so speak to us. Our hearts, our minds are open. In Jesus' name, come on, if you'll believe you receive that, why don't you say amen? Amen, amen, and amen. Thank you guys so much. Come on, one more time. Give it up for our band. Aren't they incredible? All of our worship team such an amazing job. You know, I feel like now more than ever, there is a pressure to be perfect. Any, anybody feel that? There's this pressure in our world to, to be perfect. You know, every time you turn on Instagram, you see people using filters, and look, I mean, they're great, because honestly, you know, if you got any kind of blemish, you know, on your face, if you want to go on Instagram Live, you don't have to put on makeup. You just put on the makeup filter, Right on your face, and boom, I mean, you, you look like, you know, and then you can just cut it off, and yeah, you know, there is this pressure to be perfect. Filters hide the imperfections in our skin and, and the looks, and we've got Botox and plastic surgery. In fact, since 2019, there's been a 30% increase in the use of plastic surgery, and look, I'm not against it, okay, so I'm not up here bashing anybody. There are probably some hair plugs in my future, okay, I'm just saying, I'm probably going to go to Turkey and let them hook me up. And, uh, there's also pressure to appear perfect from the outside, though. There, there's also a pressure that as you're on the outside looking in, we want people and we present this idea and this image of perfection. We only post our highlight reels on Instagram or on Facebook and social media. We only post up our best moments, leaving the imperfect moments out. So this is also translated, I feel like, into our spiritual lives. We have this pressure to be perfect um, in our physical physique, we have this perfection that we want to put out this image of ourself that everything is good and everything is okay. And so I think that this is translated over into our spiritual lives as well, that we feel a pressure to be perfect. But the truth is this, and get ready to say amen, is that we can never be perfect. Come on, we can never be perfect. Some of y'all are like, I don't know, I'm pretty perfect. We can never be perfect. Sometimes I'll think I'll have preached the perfect sermon, and I'll come off the stage, and somebody will let me know very quickly it wasn't perfect. We are not perfect. We can never be perfect this side of heaven. Listen, it doesn't matter how hard we strive or pursue it. We'll never be perfect. Let me tell you this. We are saved by grace through faith, not works. There's nothing that you can do to earn the grace of God. You can't work hard enough, serve hard enough, pray hard enough, fast hard enough, lift your hands high enough, worship louder than anybody else in the room. None of it makes us worthy of God's grace. It is only grace that we are saved. Works are simply this. When when works come forth, they are simply a byproduct of the grace that is at work in our life. In fact, Shannon talked a little bit about it last week, the fruit of the Spirit. Whose spirit is it? It is the fruit Spirit that is at work in us. And if we have the Spirit of God at work in us, then we will display His fruits. So the number one thing, I'm already at my first point. I want you to know this and write this down. I am not perfect. Some of y'all said, well, we already knew that. I'm not taught. Come on, say it. Everybody say this with me. I am not perfect. It hurts some of you to say it. I know. I am not perfect. I'm not perfect. Romans 3.23 says it this way, for all have sinned and fall short. A lot of times you may have heard this passage of scripture quoted, fallen short, like Past tense, all have sinned and fallen short. No, all have sinned and what? Fall short, continually fall short. I, I'm gonna fall short. I, I'm never gonna measure up to who God is and to the standard that He has set because He is a holy God. So I'm gonna fall short. So I should just take the pressure off myself of, hey, I'm not gonna be perfect. It doesn't mean that I don't strive for it or 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 aim for the mark. But but what you need to understand is that this word sinned in this um, original context right here is the Greek word harmentano, and harmontano is, it's an athletic term that simply means to miss the mark. It was an athletic term that was a, an archery term in the day that if they didn't hit the bullseye, the dead center, the very center of it, they would say Hermentano. It was to miss the mark. You have to realize that we are only human and we fall short of the glory of God. In fact, when we go back and we'll look at the Old Testament, we'll see that there were 10 commandments. And on top of the 10 commandments, there were about 600 other laws that were given from God to Moses on Mount Sinai that he would then deliver to the people. And these 10 commandments simply serve as a reminder of our need for God and his grace, because there's no way that we could ever uphold all of these. But but out of all these commandments, I mean, chances are you You've broken almost every single one of these commandments. We have missed the mark. We have fallen short, yet God's grace has come to cover us. And those Ten Commandments, they are laws that are a reminder that we need God and his grace all the time and everything we do. Come on, somebody say amen. Matt Emmons, he's a a world champion air rifle shooter. And in the 2004 Olympics, Matt had the gold medal won. He had one final shot to make, and he lined his shot up. He lined it up dead center of the target so as not to miss the mark. He took his shot, and he hit the bullseye of his opponent's target. And he went from the gold medal to about eighth place, and he didn't even medal. Why? Because he had the wrong target. How many of you know our target matters? That's why in this life, the Bible tells us that we have to focus on Jesus, the author and the creator of our faith. We look unto him who is our help, where our strength comes from. When we try to rely on ourselves and my strength, guess what? I'm going to fall short every time. That's why I lock my sights in on Jesus. It matters what our goal is. So we fix our eyes on Jesus, who was perfect. We strive to be like him, but perfection is not something that can be obtained this side of eternity. So Matthew Emmons, four years later, he would find himself again with a large lead. In fact, they said that all he had to do was score a 6.7, which is considered like an amateur score. It's not even hitting the bullseye. All he had to do is get just, a six, just a, an amateur score. And so I'm sure he's probably thinking and reflecting on the mistake that he made last time. I'm sure he's probably being sure that he is lined up right on his target. So he goes through the motions that he always does. He puts it just above the target, takes in a deep breath, and as he exhales, his sights would fall down to the bullseye. Only this time, as he exhaled, his finger accidentally hit the trigger, and he missed the bullseye. He missed the goal altogether. And for a second time in a row, his Olympic gold medal was was gone. He ended up getting fourth place. And I wonder how many times in our life we feel like, I just keep missing the mark. Man, I go to church on Sunday, and I know what I should do. But when I leave church, I don't do the thing that I know that I should do. I make a walk to the altar, and I make a commitment, and I say, I'm going to do this, or I'm going to do that. But when we walk outside the doors of the church, when we wake up on Monday or Tuesday or whatever it is, the draw and the pull of the world is pulling us back in and is pulling us down. Can I tell you that we need a little grace in our life because we're going to miss the mark? In fact, the writer of the New Testament, Paul, he said, the thing that I want to do, I don't do. And the thing that I don't want to do, that is the thing that I do. We are in a war with our flesh, and it doesn't mean that we don't put forth effort and try. It doesn't mean that we don't give up, but what it means is that we are people that need God's grace. We're not called to live a perfect life. We are called to live a graced life. Can I say it one more time? We are not called to live a perfect life. We are called to live a graced life. I need God's grace every day. If we could live a perfect life, we wouldn't need God's grace. He would have died in vain, but we need God's grace. Listen to this. Perfectionism. Perfectionism is unreachable perfectionism is not the goal living under grace is because this is what perfectionism will do perfectionism brings condemnation it brings shame it brings guilt it brings rejection but when we live under the grace we realize that our failures our mistakes our mess-ups are not the end it's not final when we are under grace because this is what I know in my life. When I get in, un, in an unhealthy state, when I get in an unhealthy mindset, what I do is I, I go, I default to perfectionism. When maybe things are out of control in my life, what I start doing is trying to control the things that I can control. I, I start looking and I start nitpicking everything and I have to realize, you know what? No, this is not a good thing. This is not a great place for me to live. I gotta remember I am under grace. Come on, somebody say amen. So number one is I am not perfect. Number two is this. He is perfect. I know it's simple tonight, but I want you to get this. The gospel is simple. He is perfect. Psalms 1830 says, as for God, his way is what? Perfect. Psalms 19.7, the law of the Lord is perfect. Hebrews 14.15 for do, we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was in all points tempted as we are, but he was without sin. Jesus was perfect. He stepped out of heaven. He wrapped himself in flesh. He lived a perfect life. And because he lived a perfect life, we can be made like him. He is perfect. He is holy. 2 Corinthians 5.21 would say it this way. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. How do we become more like God? We accept Jesus in our heart. It's not by works. It's not by striving. It's not by all these extra things. You could go back to the Old Testament, and you could try to live out every single one of the commandments. You could try to live out every single one of the 600-some-odd laws and, and rules that there were to follow in Judea. You could try to follow all of those, but you will fall short. The only way that we can be made righteous is in Jesus. Listen to what Pilate would say about Jesus In John 18, 38, Pilate said to him, what is truth? And when he said this, he went out again to the Jews. This was as he was being crucified. And he said to them, I find no fault in him, speaking of Jesus. And then in John 19, Pilate again would go out. Pilate then once again went out and said to them, behold, I am bringing him out to you that you may know what? I find no fault in him. Why? Because Jesus was perfect. John 19, 6, Therefore, when the chief priests and officers saw him, they cried out, saying, Crucify him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, You take him, and you crucify him, for I find no fault in him. Jesus was perfect. Come on, are you thankful that Jesus was perfect? This is where I want to get to. It's point number three. Because I'm not perfect. He is perfect but I am perfected. You said, that kind of seems contradictory. Stick with me. I am perfected. When Jesus was preaching the Sermon on the Mount, he said this in Matthew five forty-eight. 48. He said, therefore, you what? Shall be perfect. Did he say you are perfect? No, he said you shall be perfect. Just as what? Your Father in heaven is perfect. There's coming a day. When I don't have to worry about my humanity, about my flesh that wants to pull me back into sin, that wants me to pull me away from God, that wants me to pull me back into a former lifestyle. I won't have to worry about my flesh anymore. Why? Because I will be perfected. Come on, somebody say amen. The word for perfected here is the word teleos in the Greek, and it simply means this, complete. I will be made complete. I will be made whole. Why? Because I am reunited with Christ. John 19.30 says it this way. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. So when you go back to Matthew 5.48, what you'll see is that shall be perfected is the adjective of this word teleos. And it is finished is the verb form of it. And Jesus was saying, it is complete. The work is done. When he was on the cross and he had been crucified, an innocent man, a man of no sin, when he had been crucified on the cross, he would cry out, it is complete, the work is done. And because it is complete, my people will be made complete. Because the Bible talks about being perfected in three ways. It talks about it in this. It's number one is justification. Come on, somebody say justification. Justification is this, I am saved. I am saved. Listen to how Galatians 2.16 says it. Knowing that man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Christ Jesus that we might be what? Justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. This is, I am saved. Think of justification this way. Think of justification is when you say that, when you say that prayer and you go, I confess with my mouth, I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ died and he raised from the grave. I truly believe it. The Bible says that in that moment, that as we believe that we are justified, we are made right with God, that God then looks at us through the sacrifice that Jesus made and he sees us as justified and made right with God. Romans 5.1 would say it this way, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. How can I have peace? When I am justified with God, when I am living under grace, when I know that I am forgiven, when I realize that there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. So justification says I am saved, but it doesn't stop there because a lot of us will go, oh, okay, I got saved. I can go back and I can live however I want to. And there's a lot of people that'll do that. There's a lot of people that will come to Jesus and they'll go, God, I give you my heart. I give you, I'm gonna make that confession. I believe that you died and rose again. And then they just return back to their old life. But the Bible talks about the second part of this as sanctification and it's I am being saved. So justification says I am saved. Sanctification says I am being saved. What does that mean? Hebrews 10:14 said, "For by a single offering he has perfected for all those who are what, being sanctified" Sanctification is an ongoing process. Sanctification is the process of me becoming more like Jesus. I am being perfected in the hard times. I am being perfected in the challenges. And and I know we don't like to hear that, but I am being perfected in everything that I walk through. God is coming to me and pointing out things in my life and going, that doesn't look like me, Craig. We've got to get this right. And he's constantly showing me areas, and it is the process of sanctification. And though I may be saved, I am not perfected, yet I am in the process of being perfected. And that's what sanctification looks like. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 says it this way. For this is the will of God, your sanctification. So you can see here, it's not just to go, okay, I got saved and I can stay the way that I was. No, God came that we might be more like him. And so he said, this is the will of God for your sanctification, not just to come to church and live our lives however we want. No, God says, I want you to become more like me. So it is my will for your sanctification that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control his or her own body in holiness and honor, not in the passion, passionate lust of the Gentiles who do not know God. Sanctification. Says, I am being saved. The fact that we've been justified is not a license to sin because we know that we can't reach perfection doesn't give us a reason to give up on trying to be more like Jesus. Come on, somebody say amen to that. We've got to, we can't just give in to the power of sin because we know we're hopeless. Because we have his grace, we have his power, we have his strength. We are being sanctified and made more like him every day. We're made new in the likeness of Christ. And as the man comes back, the final thing is this, it's glorification. Glorification says this, I will be saved. I am saved. I am being saved. I will be saved. Listen to how Romans 8:30 would say it, and these whom he predestined, he also called, and these whom he called, he also justified, and these whom he justified, he also glorified. Because there's coming a day where we're not going to have to worry about the issues, the sin, the challenges. The pull of, come on, aren't you glad for that? When we don't have to worry about the pull of temptation. Husbands, when we don't have to worry about opening our mouths and stupid stuff just coming out, right? And just no longer. Why? Because I've been perfected. And wife said amen. <laughs> because I've been made like him. Second Thessalonians 1.9. When he comes to be glorified, his saints on that day to be marveled at among all who believe. First Corinthians chapter 15. We will be changed. Come on, somebody said changed. We'll be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will rise imperishable and we will be changed. We're going to be glorified. Finally, we will be perfected. For this perishable must be imperishable, and this mortal must put on immortality. There's coming a day. There's coming a day where we'll be glorified, where we'll be changed in an instant, in a moment. Perfection is not the goal. Salvation is the goal. Can I say that again? Perfection is not the goal. Salvation is the goal. Being saved by the power of Christ. Because If we strive for perfection, or live under a perfectionist spirit. We're going to always live under condemnation. We're going to always live under guilt. We're going to always live under this pressure of I failed, I messed up, I blew it. Because we will fail. We will mess up. We will blow it. But there's grace. I am being saved. I am being made into your image. I'm not perfect. But I thank you, God, that you are perfect. Because you are perfect, you are able to perfect.